0: happy national snack food month everyone this is betsy and here are the sweet and salty offerings you can listen to in the popping collars feed in february 2022 are you a new coke person or coke classic how about original west Side story or steven spielberg version that's our topic this month on popping collars as we discuss our favorite reboots and remakes On the Canon, a brand new group of panelists twist themselves into pretzels, drafting the essential movies of Jodie Foster. Greg and I are going nuts trying to figure out how in the world the Academy nominated Disney's Beauty and the Beast for best picture. Why? Why? Will our first animated movie on Going on 30 be our last? Finally, Dan Jocelyn Simitowski brings some peanuts and Cracker Jacks to the Sacred Six as he and Greg try to figure out what in the world Hank Aaron's record-breaking 715th home run has to do with the sacrament of communion. Thanks for listening to the podcast that melts in your ears, not in your hands and keep those collars pop. I am Greg and I'm Betsy
1: and this is going on 30 a popping colors side project where we open up the Disney vault the old Disney vault
0: such a scam such Uh, a scam all the time
1: it's only going to be open for a short amount of time
0: but you know what never leaves the vault song of the (laughs) south and keep going.
1: We're only going to pull out a movie that was nominated or should have been nominated for Best Picture 30 years ago this month. We're looking at Disney's Beauty and the Beast. I almost sang it. I almost sang the title, but I'm not a good singer.
0: You can't not say Beauty and the Beast.
2: (laughs) Walt Disney Pictures presents its all new 30th full length animated motion picture.
1: Is anyone here? Mama,
2: there's a girl in the castle. A girl. A girl. The classic story of Beauty and the Beast. He was a lonely beast, cursed by a mysterious spell. And she was the beautiful young girl who could set him and his kingdom free. She's the one. She has come to break the spell. They were two complete opposites to do with him she is being so difficult until something wonderful happened there's something sweet straighten up and almost kind show me the smile but he was mean and he was coarse and unrefined and now he's dear you look so and so unsure. stupid
0: I wonder why I didn't see it there before
2: it's a story filled with fun
0: <laughs> oh
2: <laughs> I beg your pardon Adventure, Sacre Bleu, Invaders! And dozens of wonderful new Disney characters. Keep it down. Featuring six new songs from the Academy Award-winning composer and lyricist of The Little Mermaid. This holiday season, share the fun, the magic and the music of an entertainment event you'll never forget.
1: Disney's Beauty and the Beast. Betsy, I have a brief description of Disney's Beauty and the Beast. Would you like to hear it? Yes, I would. Belle, a bright young woman.
0: Who's a total weirdo. Yeah, keep <laughs> going.
1: Finds herself in the castle of a prince who's been turned into a mysterious Beast. With the help of the castle's enchanted staff, more on that later. <laughs> Belle soon learns the most important lesson of all, that true beauty comes from within. <laughs> That's okay. maybe the best recap we've ever had. That's anyone.
0: pretty good. It's that pretty is tight.
1: That totally sums up this movie. Betsy, what is your history with Beauty and the Beast?
0: Uh, I am pretty sure I saw this in the theater this was you know the takeoff of animated movies that were like cool to see you know this is your alan Mencken times and so you know it's not like disney was not just for little kids they had and so Mm -hmm. i was i was into this i'm sure i saw this in the theater absolutely maybe i saw it with like a group of friends yeah after we gone for those like long rectangular mozzarella sticks they had at TGI Fridays. Do you remember those? Like they're really good. That sounds terrible. At the Carmichael
1: Theater. It sounds like you just described like a cheese pop tart in my mind.
0: Oh my gosh. They're so amazing. Okay. So yes, I think I saw this in the theater.
1: (laughs) Wow. Uh, Okay. So a little peek behind the curtain of what it was like to be a teenage boy. Yeah, when, when Disney was going through this resurgence, uh, did not see this movie in the theater, huh. Huh. did not see this movie until well into its video cassette run. And I want to say I was forced to watch it at a youth group lock in one night. It was probably my first exposure to Beauty and
0: the. Beast. Well, I mean, if it's popular, if it's for all audiences, you're a little younger than me. Maybe they'd figured out that the breakfast club wasn't the most appropriate choice all the time. Uh, uh, Lock ins, who knows?
1: There are two standards. Okay, a little, uh, here's an aside youth group okay. aside. There are two mm-hmm. standard youth group movies Princess Bride. Yep. And uh, Searching for Bobby Fischer.
0: How about Man in the Moon? That's a little later on. Little no, g-pain.
1: never. No, didn't get that. That
0: was when I started being a youth monster.
1: Okay. Okay. A sneaky, good hmm. youth group movie, The Hudsucker Proxy.
0: Ooh. You are such a Cohen fan.
1: (laughs) The Cohens are the new Tom Cruise for this season because Tom Cruise doesn't have a movie in 1990. It's too bad. Unfortunately.
0: Well, I mean, I can't wait for your next youth group gathering where it's like, all right, kids, Barton Fink, let's go. Here we go. We're going to learn about Satan.
1: (laughs) Tom Cruise, by the way, working on Far and Away. This year. So, with Ron Howard, that's a big movie. It's going to take a while to film it. So,
0: it's yeah, lots Mm -hmm. of cinematography.
1: Okay. Hot takes on Beauty and the Beast. (sighs) What you got?
0: Disney was trying really hard. Yeah, they were some good messages about beauty and appearance. Mm -hmm. Yet, when you watch this film again, they still miss the mark.
1: Yep. Yeah, not in, quite in there.
0: There are also a lot of a lot of plot holes in this that I, I struggle with. Um, but then there's also, in some ways, they hit it on the. It's, this is there's actually a lot in this movie. It, it came up actually in a recent uh, diversity in the classroom training that oh. I did with, and so we watched uh, looking at gender roles in Disney movies. And you know, there's things that are problematic of this movie. You know, like especially for what it offers you, Greg as a male watcher of this movie, right? right. So we're supposed yeah. to think all the people are really silly because they think Belle is is weird because she uh-huh. reads books, uh-huh. right? We think that's silly. But if you're a man, uh-huh. right, what are your male options here?
1: Uh, right. I, I can scream at my partner until she loves me.
0: Right. So you can be attractive. <laughs> you can be the Gaston of the movie. Right. You can be attractive but a jerk. Other men in the movie are old and crazy like Maurice, right? Weird drunk people like at the at the bar, right? Uh-huh. The kind of unattractive bark bar folks. And then you have the beast, right? Who I will say is more attractive as a beast. Let's yeah, let's when let's he's let's a say weird right male out. character.
1: Let's say this right out. Beast not really that ugly. Beast is no. actually <laughs> pretty fine. For a beast,
0: right? <laughs> for a beast, <laughs> but when he becomes a human, it's a little squishy and weird. It's a little weird, and not, yeah. I'm not as into it then. Yeah, the much eyes more, much big. more engaging and intriguing as a beast.
1: The eyes are too big for the human beast.
0: <laughs> is that your take?
1: Yeah. Do we know Beast's name? By the way, did we ever get his name? Is it just I Beast?
0: I think he's just a beast. Okay. It's just a beast. Come on. But but it's it's on. interesting. It's interesting though, because they are really trying to push that inner beauty thing that you've got from your from your recap. You know, they're 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 going for that, but there are some ways that it still reinforces. All right.
1: Here's what you? here's what I got from my notes. And um I gotta tell you, I have the least amount. Of any movie that we've watched so far, and we watched The Accidental Tourist, I have the fewest notes oh. for this movie. Huh? I, I just, there just wasn't much there for me to grab onto. Have so, you
0: watched this movie with your children? Uh, No. Okay.
1: Although I think the girls have seen it, but we haven't watched it together. I think they probably okay. watched it in the minivan, like on the way to grandma's house or something. Got it. Got it. Uh, Note number one, which isn't even about the movie, it's just a pro tip if you ever find yourself at Disney World. Uh, Gaston at Disney World is hands down the best character meet and greet you're going to have.
0: Because he's just an ass all the time? He's
1: just a jerk. It's like hanging out with an insult comic the entire time.
0: (laughs) It's just the best. His whole job
1: is to just demean you the entire time you're trying to take a picture with him. Number two, the servant transformations. Can we just say, this is a travesty of justice. Was the beast prince a bad guy? Absolutely. Does his staff need to be turned into inanimate objects? No, no. This enchantress has really just done something terrible here.
0: They were just born to serve, Greg. And it is that is the yes. So then they get roped in.
1: They are just extensions the, they are of the principal. Collateral
0: that they show. damage <laughs> in magic. So, and here's my other <laughs> question. During the big, and this is a bit of a tease as for my favorite to scene. And now
2: we invite you to relax, just pull up a chair, as the dining room proudly presents your dinner. Be our. Oh. Guest, be our guest, put our service to the test. Tie your napkin round your neck, sherry, and we provide the rest. Soup du jour, hot hors d'oeuvre, why, we only live to serve. Try the gray stuff, it's delicious. Don't believe me? Ask the dishes. They-
0: when all the dishes, all the cutlery, everything is dancing. Right. Did, were those all people? Right. Does he have a staff of thousands? <laughs>
1: right. One last note, and you can okay. tell, you can see, my mind is wandering. Yes. Uh, Chip and Mrs. Potts.
0: I have a note on this too. What?
1: What are we even talking about?
0: How is she? I got. I started to say, "There's no. This is his grandmother. There's right. no way she can be his mom." And no and way. They, the phrase was uttered in my family's home. Well, sometimes people just go gray early. <laughs> <laughs> and I said no. She's had lots of kids. Maybe Chip's the youngest. What? <laughs> no.
1: Betsy, top five. Top five. What is this relationship? <laughs> Movie pairings.
0: Whoa. I do not know how you research this. So I'm excited. Is there an honorable mention? There is an
1: honorable mention because it's so obvious that I just had to. I couldn't include it on the list. It's Luke and Leia from Star Wars. Yeah. What is this relationship?
0: That's a classic. It's a classic.
1: All right, okay. here we go.
0: Number number five.
1: Number five, Harold and Maud from Harold and Maud. What are we talking about? Is this like mother son? Are
0: you throwing th- some shade on a May December May very far away December romance?
1: Is it a romance? Is it a parental relationship? What? is that relationship okay. i've never really understood it from
0: the okay. movie okay all right number four
1: number four sarah lee gates played by angela lansbury and chad gates played by elvis in blue hawaii and let me explain why because angela lansbury is three years older than elvis when this movie comes out and she plays his mom
0: Well, that that's that's what american cinema does to british ladies.
1: Do you think because Angela Lansbury was the voice of Mrs. Potts that they made her look older because her voice sounds older?
0: Maybe. Because Mm. she sounds like she needs to be wearing very small spectacles. Number three?
1: Number three. Queenie and Benjamin Button from The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Okay. Uh, Taraji P. Henson uh, is the mom to an old man (laughs) who happens to be a baby. Who happens to be Brad Pitt? A little weird. A
0: little weird. weird. Okay, different. And two?
1: So speaking of Brad Pitt, Louie and Claudia from Interview with a Vampire. Yeah. What is this relationship? Are they lovers? Are they brother
0: and sister? All right. uh, So then number one.
1: On the top five, what is this relationship? Aunt May and Peter Parker. And I'll spe- say specifically from the Tobey Maguire movies. That's his aunt, but she's like the age of his grandmother. How is his mom's sister that old?
0: So are you preferring a Marissa Tomei? You find that is the better age? Well,
1: at compare? least Marissa Tomei makes more sense, right? Yes. Like, yes. If it was Grandma May, that would make <laughs> more sense. More sense. Uh, Betsy, what is the best scene from this movie?
0: Well, I mean, let's talk about this movie. So this movie got nominated for an Oscar. Mm -hmm. and Is this the first animated movie ever to be nominated for an Oscar?
1: I want to say yes. Okay.
0: And this is back before they nominate like 20 movies, right? Mm -hmm. This is a top Mm -hmm. five.
1: This is five movies out of the year. So
0: I did appreciate watching a movie with drawn panels because I do Uh like Some of that seeing the Disney artistry that way, as opposed to everything being computer. But I do think it was that ballroom scene that really kind of put it. Mm. I remember that everyone being like, whoa, is that CG? I mean, is that that's computers, right?
1: Yeah. So it's a little bit of CGI mixed with a little bit of hand-drawn animation.
0: People like that 360 is just amazing. So it's good to mention that. But my favorite scene is kind of the Busby Berkeley, Berkeley Maurice Chevalier send up that is be our guest. Uh. Because, you know, like I I'm I'm a pretty big fan of, you know, you know, under the sea and kiss the girl. Like I like the singing sidekick. Mm-hmm. I think. So
1: can we also just say how strange it is that in order to drink something, you have to put a small child's head in your mouth?
0: Do. <laughs> you do. I just don't think they want you to think really hard about it.
1: Uh, Yeah. Okay. All right. Be our guest. Okay. I, I went guess. a different direction. I went a different direction. What'd you go with? I went with the kill the beast, beast the mob man. scene. The beast will make off with your children.
0: He'll come
2: after them in the night. No. We're not safe till his head is mounted on my wall. I say we kill the beast. <laughs> not safe until he's dead. He'll come stalking us at night. He said to sacrifice our children to his monstrous oh. appetite. He'll wreak havoc on our village if we let him wander free. So it's time to take some action, boys. It's time to follow me. The mist through the woods, through the
1: darkness and the shadows. It's a nightmare, but it's one exciting ride. <laughs> Say a prayer.
0: Okay. Which... <laughs>
1: One, because I kind of like that song that sort of. And then also, just thinking in terms of 30 years later, and we've been dealing with our own sort of mob experiences over the past couple of years, uh, this idea that, yeah, I could see sort of a charismatic person working. Like a group up into a frenzy about something that they don't even understand or probably even care about. Yeah, right. it kind of makes sense. It holds up 30 years later. It does. Really quickly, before we get to best performance, I have failed to mention, <sighs>
0: mm-hmm. even
1: though I, I I think I advertised that I would talk about this.
0: Oh, yes.
1: There was a Linda Hamilton, Ron Perlman, Beauty and the Beast show. CBS. That was on at the same time this movie came out. So Beauty and the Beast is having a bit of a moment here yep. in the early 90s. Now, there wasn't like a Gaston character on that show. But, but there were
0: a lot of fog machines and trench coats is what I remember about. And a
1: lot of a lot of deep New York sewers. Yes. Sewers for days. <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> yes.
1: Hang on. Now I've got to IMDb this show.
0: Here, can I give you a, a brief... Synopsis of Beauty and the Beast the television show? Sure. The adventures and romance of a sensitive and cultured lion man <laughs> <laughs> and a crusading district attorney in Manhattan, New York City.
1: Wow. Wow.
0: His name is Vincent?
1: <laughs> Vincent, that's it. Vincent. And
0: Catherine. So it's a relationship between Vincent Catherine and a secret utopian society of outcasts living in an underground sanctuary where Vincent is protected and loved. Awesome. I mean,
1: okay, Disney, make that movie. All right? Where's that movie? Where's that that animated movie? Um, Okay, so what's your best performance Mm. from the animated Beauty and the Beast?
0: I would go with i do really like angela lansbury okay okay Mrs. potts i mean her singing of that song uh-huh tale as old as time which who is which is also sung by do you know the duet who the who the more modern performers for the radio version
1: oh yeah so it's celine dion yes and uh
0: classic disney collaborator
1: Kebo Bryson? Yeah, it is. Yeah, okay. I still but got it.
0: I I appreciate Mrs. Potts as the part of the show, but I <laughs> digress. Uh,
1: all right, for me, it, it's just it, there's really only one person here. It's Richard White who plays Gaston. Uh, I'm a big Gaston, Mark, for this movie. I I, I like Gaston. It, I I find him I find him funny. Is he a little creepy? Absolutely. He's <laughs> yes. he's total total creep job. He commits and uh, and I like that. Fun fact, though, if you go to Richard White's IMDb page, uh, what you're going to find is a lot of on. He did this movie. <laughs> he did video games for Disney playing this part. And he did like a stage show playing this part. And that's pretty much the extent of his career.
0: Gaston 24-7.
1: Betsy, yes. I have some stats about this movie.
0: Ooh, this is not going to be number 6,000. No, it's not. List. I'm no, feeling it. No, it is it.
1: not. Nope. Feeling it. Uh, Beauty and the Beast opened on November 13th, 1991. Betsy, this day in
0: 90210. Oh, what's happening?
1: We were at season two, episode 14, titled The Next 50 Years. Program description, the students at West Beverly High are forced to confront their own mortality when one of the group unexpectedly dies. Spoilers! Is it Scotty? It's Scott. No, no, no. It's the no. Scott episode. It's oh. the most heartbreaking episode of 90210. Oh. Was this date in 1991.
0: That was a tough episode.
1: Hashtag put the gun down, Scott.
0: Oh, David Silver. That was so traumatic for him. It
1: was traumatic. That was traumatic for a long time. That, there was I mean, a lot of work that came out I just wonder how of many episode.
0: of the very special episodes. We're gonna run into with this new. I don't feature.
1: know, but we ran we ran into Oof. a big one right out of the block. My goodness! Could you imagine that episode airs and then you go see Beauty and the Beast after?
0: You're a mess. You're, You're a, a mess. mess.
1: Um. Yes, you are correct. This is not a six thousand movie. This uh movie domestic gross of two hundred and six million dollars, making it the number one grossing movie of nineteen ninety. This is our first number one movie since Rain Man. Rain Look Man was the last time we had the number one.
0: Movie. Wow.
1: Beauty and the Beast is the number 204th top grossing movie of all time.
0: I'm feeling good about this. All right. What we got?
1: Between Thor The Dark World.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So the second Thor movie.
0: Okay.
1: And Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me.
0: <laughs> so
1: the second Austin Powers movie. So flirt, marry, kill. You've got Beauty and the Beast, Thor: The Dark World, and Austin Powers: The Spy Who Shack Me.
0: Flirting with the Beast. Okay. I'm killing Austin Powers. Oh, no. <laughs> and I'm marrying the Dark World. <laughs>
1: You're marrying the worst Marvel movie.
0: <laughs> Listen, <laughs> the worst Marvel movie is better than any Austin Powers movie.
1: Oh no, no. What about you? Uh, flirting with Beauty and the Beast. Marrying Austin Powers because what? now
0: you're so no, you're not.
1: <laughs> now I get Scott Evil for the rest of my life and uh it. killing the worst MCU movie, Thor the Dark World. Fine. This movie it has a 94% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Ooh, Would you fine. like to guess what Roger Ebert thinks of this movie?
0: I gotta think he liked it. Mm-hmm. What do you think?
1: Betsy, he loved it.
0: He loved it.
1: He says, it slipped around all my roadblocks and penetrated directly into my strongest (laughs) childhood memories, in which animation looked more real than live action features. Four out of four.
0: That is a little too descriptive.
1: Yeah. Penetrated directly into my (laughs) memory.
0: I do not need the word (laughs) penetrate. I mean, and now we talk about boundaries being healthy. But this right. movie violated all of them. That's right. Really got in there.
1: <laughs> yeah. Got, yeah. That was, no got, thanks. <laughs> Janet Maslin. Please. Uh, from New York Times. Uh, it is a surprise in a time of sequels and retreads. She's talking about 1991, not 2021. Hmm. It is a surprise in a time of sequels and retreads that the new film is so fresh and altogether triumphant in its own right. Okay. She liked it. She's like, I just got out of Ghostbusters 2. I'm Please. so glad that somebody help actually me. wrote an original screenplay.
0: Please help me. Well, okay. Okay. An original screenplay based on a very old. That's right. Fairy That's tale. true.
1: That's true. Uh, how did it do at the oscars it was nominated for best picture obviously but it actually won two oscars betsy what hmm. did it win
0: best animated feature
1: uh ah uh there was no such category oh. in 1992 so no it did not win best animated feature
0: wow i wonder when they added that category.
1: i think it was immediately after, after this movie this, was nominated right.
0: for because they're like, this is too good not to nominate, but we kind of don't want to give a <laughs> best picture or have to exactly. take a slot from something with
1: real actual actors. Actual yeah. Actors. yeah.
0: I, mean, it, I mean, it has to win some sort of there's no technical thing that it could
1: win. Now, keep in mind, this is a Disney animated movie from the early 90s.
0: Best song.
1: Yes. Best, song. best song. Heck yes. Yeah. Best song.
0: Yeah. Okay. So best song.
1: Best original song. It was actually nominated. Three of the songs from this movie were nominated. Ooh. One of them won. Uh, it was "Beauty and the Beast,"
0: not by
1: Alan Menken and okay. Howard Ashman. Got it. Uh, the other songs that were nominated were "Bell," okay, and "Be Our
0: Guest." There we go. There we go. Um,
1: uh, I know so it's you're a missing one film. more. Did
0: it win Best Costume? <laughs> no, No. They're not weird you're missing one
1: more award and it has to do with sound? music.
0: Sounds best score
1: it also won for best score okay. so best original song and best score it was nominated for best sound
2: however okay. at least I got to see you one last time Please, please don't leave me. (laughs) I love you.
1: What is the lasting legacy of this movie? So we talked on about this a little bit already. Um, I wrote down... Reinvention, but I also think that we can talk a little bit about um, children's romance stories as well. But Reinvention, certainly, because Beauty and the Beast is the second of what is kind of starting to become a new golden age for Disney animation. So The Little Mermaid came out the year before, which was the first kind of return of Disney to the animated musical. Let me give you a rundown of what the animated movies were from Disney before the little mermaid. Okay. It was Oliver and company, the great mouse detective, the black cauldron and the Fox and the Hound.
0: There are some ones that as a child born in 1974, I do love me some black cauldron and the Fox and the Hound, but I remember it was a great documentary about this time at Disney. Mm-hmm. I forget which platform it's on. But, yeah, there were some real stinkers. Yeah. Like, it was not going well. Yeah. And then you bring in Howard Ashman, Alan uh-huh. Menken, uh-huh. and it all gets turned around. Because even John Lasseter is an executive producer on this mm-hmm. film. You see Pixar mentioned, even though Disney does not own Pixar at this point, uh, as, as contributing to this film right. as well. But as we saw at the very end, the dedication, Alan Menken dies. Uh, of AIDS complications, HIV complications, before this movie is is released. But I think it, be- I agree with you. It begins, also begins this real resurgence in princess obsession. You know, this is where, you know, when I think about awesome book, uh, Cinderella Ate My Daughter, you know, mm-hmm. this idea of princess culture right. is really, and, you know, and we're, we're heading right towards Aladdin. You know, mm-hmm. we're just kind of going off into... Disney Princess Land.
1: Yeah, they just go on a run. Like, it it actually becomes a regular thing where yes. the Disney animated musical is one of the big summer tentpole movies. So it goes, and Beauty and the Beast is what kind of solidifies it. The Little Mermaid was just a solid hit in 1990. And then on the heels of that is Beauty and the Beast in 1991, like we just said, the number one movie of the year. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that's all it takes to just sort of like Disney is on board and they fully reinvented themselves as like, okay, so now we're back to like the top of animation and we're just going to pound out like Aladdin, Lion King, Pocahontas, Mulan, you know, they're just go, go, go. very
0: Broadway feeling. Mm Mm-hmm you know that i know that many of these have been converted into broadway musicals but it is very much a broadway formula in an animated movie. yeah is, and that's the way i think about these movies now.
1: you know when i think of things like the black cauldron or the fox and the hound maybe not the great mouse detective as much they're like really dark you know they're just mm-hmm. kind of like it's it's like a dark animation you know you think about the bear scene from the fox and the hound And like, you know, they have to separate and they can't be friends at the end, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, There's just like a real kind of melancholy to a lot of the Disney stuff. And once they hit Little Mermaid, while there are dark moments in these movies, like they are bright and colorful and just like, go, go, go. Except for, you know, the one movie that kind of sticks out like a sore thumb from this run is uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame which is very dark and very weird. A strange one to have in the Disney run, the Disney nineties movie run. Um, so how does reinvention happen? Like, does Disney just sort of think like, we've got to go in another direction. Let's just do Broadway and sell that. And then how do you know that that run is over and you have to switch over to Pixar? Like you've got to be ahead of the tide a little bit. It feels mm-hmm. like.
0: Cause yeah, then there's at one point where these people princess movies start to feel dated Mm -hmm.
1: interesting so is is the animated feature something that we should anticipate is going to constantly change
0: maybe i think like in the way it's taken you know having anime features also cross over into that to take off as well i think streaming platforms allow for all sorts of innovation around animation and what that looks like but yes, I would say, that, I mean, this is this is not a place where everyone's like, all right, this technology seems good. You know, we're good to go. I, I think mm-hmm. it's still a place of innovation and invention. That, yeah, I think I think things
1: raised. like um, Into the Spider-Verse kind of right. prove that concept. It's interesting because it seems like the things that are kind of pushing the boundaries aren't really Disney movies
0: mm-hmm. anymore. It's like mm-hmm. other stuff.
1: And Disney's, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that Disney's ceded the territory, though.
0: No, they just keep swallowing up the animation studios. So.
1: Oh, wow. Well, yeah. They just keep doing different kinds of stories, too. So if you think about the last two Disney movies, Raya and the Last Dragon and Encanto, mm-hmm. like, neither of those are princess movies.
0: Isn't Spider-Verse still Disney? Don't they own Marvel?
1: No, Spider-Verse is Sony. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Let me just say this. The last Disney animated movie with a romance at the center of the plot, mm-hmm. was Tangled, which came out in 2010. And it, you could really argue also that that movie was more about mother-daughter relationships than like a romance between, well, and the, and yeah, whatever.
0: like Anna and Elsa's central right relationship. It's a love relationship between siblings. Yeah, if you want to talk about it being love. So it just
1: it just makes me curious. Like and. I, totally we have talked all about the problematic nature of this movie like this is a problematic sort of look at romance however i just wonder like what are the stories that kids learn to kind of like learn about love or romance or whatever like well, if it's here, not these disney movies
0: yeah like so here she does not want a provincial life she wants a different life she reads. She does things. She, you know, her father's an inventor. She has these great role models for innovation. You never, you never get so old that you stop being curious, right? All of this is great, right? Great, right?
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: then, you know, the beast is told he has to find true love by the time he's twenty-one years old, right? Right? And so then contradicts. I mean, she does not have an ordinary life. <laughs> living in this palace will not be an ordinary life but nor do i think it is bell living in paris with the cool apartment on the right. seine and 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 being a part of i don't know when moulin rouge is i don't know but like could is there another life that she could have had but no you know this love and relationship stuff gets in the way
1: yeah, I just I just wonder like in the absence of sort of these fairy tale stories of people falling in love, you know, what's the 2022 equivalent of that story? I mean, I think they exist, I think that they're out there. I just don't I just don't know what they are. Like, I don't know what children are looking to for like hmm. modeling romantic behavior.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Because I think there's also a lot of there's sometimes a relationship that's tangential to things that is a romantic or love-based relationship. Right. But it isn't what the whole story revolves. Yeah.
1: It's not at the center of the screen. Yeah. Yeah. So who is this movie for
0: Betsy? The children of boomers. Oh, who their, their, their parents were raised on loving uh, Mickey mouse club. right? Right. They remember they have fond memories of Disney Disney's been a little dark as we've talked about and, and right. you know, their kids will still watch that stuff, but I think then maybe it's for their children, but then it ends up being for everybody. Cause you don't get to be number one being a kid's movie. Like this is not just for kids. It's a, it's an animated movie that will then suck in your parents and your grandparents, the greatest generations watching this movie in theaters. Like it's hard for me to really then nail down. Who is this for? What, what did you say?
1: Uh, this movie is for children. I mean, that's, that's pretty much. Um, I think that the movie is for children, but it's also clear that adults are getting sucked up into the revamped Disney machine. Yes. So it's like I thought that the the Roger Ebert review is pretty telling, because what it sounds like I'm getting from him is, oh my gosh, filmmaking from a cartoon. Unbelievable.
0: Unbelievable. Shocking.
1: But it's like, but at its core, it's just, I mean, it's just a movie for kids. Like it's, it's a kid's movie.
0: Well, it's this also a multi-generational way of making content. Yeah. Right. That you want there to be something that, that parents are going to stay and be there for too. Whether you're talking about the Simpsons, you know, kind of taking off at this around this time, a little earlier than this, Uh, whether you're even talking about, I just watched the Sesame Street mm-hmm. um, a documentary called you know, Street Gang and looking at this idea of, well, we knew that for educational content for children, more was absorbed if the parents stuck around, too. So let's make things that are farce or right. satire or things that would draw in an adult population who would then also sit and watch Kermit the Frog you know, interviewing right. Humpty Dumpty as a street reporter you know, all a 60 minute style or something, you know, that that you'll hang out for it. Yeah. Because again, there's money in that for Disney.
1: There's always Mo money. Oh, show. That's what Disney wants. Um, what is your rating for this movie out of five?
0: Okay. I mean, what did I rank? Barton Fing- Yeah, you, know,
1: you gave Barton Fing a four.
0: I gave it a four. Yeah. I'm going to give Beauty and the Beast a three.
1: I rated a 2.5 out of five. 2.5 out of five.
0: Okay.
1: I don't. Okay. So I don't really like this movie. But I also <laughs> I don't want to knock it because it's it's like it the artistry is amazing. The mm-hmm. voice work is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like th- this movie is an undeniable achievement. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not really my cup of tea. I'm not not really okay. into it. So but I don't want to give it a like it's not accidental tourists. Like I'm not gonna give it a one point five, you know. Yeah, like it, a lot of work it with,
0: for family movie night.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, why did the Academy nominate this movie?
0: I think it's the technological achievement of it. It's that 360 ballroom yeah, I scene. So. I think the music was undeniable. You know, the question I have, too, is like, why do you nominate this and not Little Mermaid? I don't know. It's not like there's there's I mean, Angela Lansbury was probably the most famous person. Right. I mean, Jerry Orbach was known for his stage work. Law and Order did not exist yet. Right. So it's, or did it? I don't know. It feels like it's it's always existed, but you know who are the big? It's not like there's big stars in here. We would, yeah.
1: Really I mean, I moment. I feel like it's clear that the Academy wants to recognize what Disney's doing here in the early '90s. Yeah. And honestly, if you want to know the truth, they want that ballroom scene to be part of their Oscar montage. Absolutely. Like yeah. So they want. They want to recognize that part. Um, but they don't have a category to do it in.
0: Well, and they're not nominating this to win. This is a right. nomination no. to mention the work. Exactly. Yeah, this
1: is just for film history. Yeah. yeah. Kind of thing.
0: Cause that and is when the monta when the ballroom scene happened while we were watching, I'm like, it's every damn Oscar montage forever. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. Best picture noms.
1: Yeah. You know, and we're going to get into this next month, but probably a more worthy nominee in Boys Mm -hmm. in the Hood doesn't have one of those moments that you want to feature Mm -hmm. in a Oscar montage, you know? And so it's like, I don't know. You know, I think the Academy just they they love film and they want, you know, this glorious sort of, you know, image of what film can be. Okay, that is
0: it. That's, That's it.
1: That's it. We've done it, Betsy. We have made it to the end of Beauty and the
0: Beast. Well, it's a tale as old as time, Greg, so I don't feel like it's really going anywhere.
1: That's right. That's my what do we have coming up next?
0: Uh, up next, we've got Boys in the Hood.
1: That's right. John right. Singleton's first movie. I know. Boys in know. the Hood. Should
0: have been nominated.
1: Let's face it. John Singleton's best movie, most mm-hmm. likely, and his... Mm-hmm. Filmography: A movie that had its finger on the pulse in June, 1991. What was happening earlier that year in March of 1991? Mm-hmm. I mean, I—it's Lawrence Fishburne's one of his best performances. That's, we have a lot yeah. to talk about next. I'm
0: ex- I'm excited to watch it again.
1: Yeah. Betsy, thank you for hanging out in the West Wing with me. I found this beautiful flower. I don't think it belongs to anybody. Would you like?
0: Well, to I've it? just kind of walked up here with my female white privilege, even though I've been told not to be in this <laughs> wing. And I'm just going to start touching everything. Is that all right with you? Is <laughs> that fine?
1: Not, that sounds great. great. Is it okay if I scream at you and then ask you to love me? Because that, <laughs> that would.
0: <laughs> um, I'm going to go to my room and have a wardrobe talking down. Sounds fine with me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All, right. All right. We'll great. see. We'll see you next time. Bye.